1: The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including AM580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And welcome back, everyone. Candace Tomage is our special guest this hour. Candace has been a professional writer since 1976. She's the author of The Green Stone of Healing. It's a speculative epic. Her fiction series is based on two of her past lives and the past lives of loved ones and acquaintances. In 1999, Candace published Hope is in the Garden, Healing Resolution Through Unconditional Love. This nonfiction fiction uh, uh, book is about emotional and spiritual healing best on the Sunan method of working in energy of human consciousness. In this book, uh, she provides an expanded definition of energy that demonstrates the connection between matter, spirit, heart, and mind. She also explores examples of past life resolution through release of judgment in the human energy field. Now, Candace is currently working on a nonfiction that teaches the healing circle method of contacting those who have died and those who have not been born yet. Joining me now is Candace Talmadge. And Candace, welcome back to the Xone. great having you with us.
2: Uh, hello, Rob. Yes, it's great to be back. I really appreciate this opportunity to chat with you again.
1: Tell me, Candace, uh, the Green Stone of Healing, what is that about?
2: Well, it is a speculative epic series, and it is fiction about four generations of very strong women. They own this mysterious green stone, which they learn over time has properties of healing and protection. It can also be used as a weapon in the wrong hands. And it's really about um, reclaiming and living our spirituality, It's about being free as opposed to enslaved to any kind of religious dogma. And it's about how we are spirits and about living our spirituality in our daily lives, not separating it as something apart and distinct from the life that we live in this world. Those are the themes of the the series.
1: Tell me, even though you claim the series is fiction, does the Greenstone really exist?
2: Um, I believe that it did once. Um, I'm not quite sure what kind of stone and what kind of, of, of elements mm-hmm. were in it, um, but it's my belief that I owned it at least twice in two past lives and that a similar kind of stone could be found because it's really not magical or mystical. It is a tool. It has certain vibrational properties, and it can enhance the vibration of healing. That's really what it is. It's a magnifier for healing and protected energies.
1: All right, Candice, please stand by. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Great having you back here on the X Zone to talk to us more about, number one, the Greenstone of healing. And uh, I'm going to be very interested in talking to you in the next uh, segment about energy work, because more and more people today are are turning to energy work, and a lot more people want to learn about energy, and that's what we're going to be talking about this hour, Exonation, with our special guest, Candace Talmadge. Two websites www.greenstoneofhealing.com and www.sunan.com. And that's www.sunan.com. I'll be back on the other side of this two minute commercial break with Candace Talmadge as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio. Let me see. Star Cable and ExxonTV.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would.
0: That you-
1: Welcome back, everyone. Candice Telmudge is our special guest. And Candice, what is the soul and what is the soul's connection to energy?
2: Well, um, it is my belief that the soul is, in fact, an energy field. All right? I mean, we've all heard of Einstein's famous equivalence equation, Mm -hmm. E equals MC squared. It was published 105 years ago, and basically the good professor ignored it. Um, He was interested in other things. But when he published it and um, sort of overthrew the whole Newtonian concept of energy being energy and matter being matter and they are separate, he basically said, no, they are equivalents. even though they, th- we perceive them as something different. So the physical body is matter and the soul is the, is the part of our awareness or, that is not material. It's simply energy. And, you know, we know that Mm -hmm. thoughts are energy because we can see the blips on the the EKG or the the brain monitor. We know that brain waves are energy. Um, It's a chemical that's inducing an electric pulse on a machine. But the soul is also energy too, and it is a very unique, special energy. And that really is, it's the metaphysical definition of energy. Because, Rob, you know the scientific definition of energy, don't you? The, The ability to do work. All right? Okay. The, ability, the ability of um, steam to push a piston, which drives a locomotive, and you get movement. Um, that's the classic material definition of energy. But if you're going to talk in a paranormal or and/or spiritual sense about energy, you've got to know the, the metaphysical definition of energy. It's simple. It's the ability to love. All right? The greater level of energy, the greater the ability to love.
1: Wow. So there is a direct correlation between um, this, the soul, energy, and, and love. And so yes. many people have said throughout time, you know, that love is the eternal essence.
2: Yes, and and many religions state quite explicitly in their text, God is love. Mm-hmm. So what we have here is a direct link between the soul, energy. Love, consciousness, and God. In other words, also we have to understand that, that physics is is going in the direction of, of thinking of all of everything as strings of vibrating particles. All right, because they're they're particles of atoms. They vibrate, and when they vibrate and in strings, some material things appear. All right. Yes. Well, vibration is the essence of everything. Without vibration. Nothing exists, not thoughts, not material objects, not people, not souls. Everything has a vibration, all right? So if you want to, you can think of God as that ultimate vibration, the highest, finest, lightest, fastest vibration possible in any given instant. Call it God or any other label that you prefer.
1: So it seems that the hippies of the 60s had the right idea way back when when they talked about good vibrations.
2: Well, they, they were certainly on to something, and there are people who are very, very sensitive to vibration. Um, you, know, they can, you know, you go, we have sayings that allude to this. I mean, have you ever heard the phrase, the tension was so thick you could cut it with oh, a knife?
1: big time, yes.
2: All right. Well, tension has its own vibration rate. It's not really very comfortable. And people pick up on that without really being aware of what it is they're picking up on it. So does anger, so does joy. All emotions vibrate, mm. all right? They, they can't help it. That's what emotions do. And that's what our consciousness, our soul energy field does. We each have our own vibrational frequency. It's unique to us. It travels with us. It's with, it was with us when we were first created, if you will, yes. or you know, born or whatever, how you want to define it. But it's unique to us. It's reflected in our physical bodies, in the uniqueness of our iris, in the uniqueness of our fingerprints, in the uniqueness of our DNA. Our physical bodies reflect our unique vibration weight. Mm -hmm. Incidentally, that's one reason why um, there are so many, when when you do body part transplants, Mm -hmm. um, you have rejection. Because the body part transplanted into the, the, the recipient does not vibrate at the same rate as the recipient's physical body and so there is rejection.
1: What is the what are soul senses?
2: Well, you know, we have five physical senses. Yes. All right. And what we have are at least four senses that the soul has to perceive non physical energy because energy is information. We know that. Zeros and ones are information. They're electrons. They're information. Well, the soul and all the thoughts and feelings, the consciousness that is not material that we can't detect with our physical senses, it's still information and our soul senses can detect it. And we know of at least four, and and we can go through them. So you'll recognize them instantly. There's clairvoyance, which is probably the most readily it's literally visions, and those are visions outside of you or within your own mind. That is the clairvoyance or soul vision. Mm-hmm. Then there's clairaudience, which means clear hearing. Um, I call that soul understanding because mostly it unfolds as an understanding in your mind, but it can also you can also through your soul, your clairaudience, actually hear voices. That are speaking to you, which I have, and I know of other people who have, and they're not schizophrenic. These are actual voices of, of their own spirit, they're voices of their own angels or guides, or they're even God's voice. God does speak to people, and if you're if you're back off and get still, you can actually listen. Then there is soul feeling or clearance. Now this is a separate channel. People tend to lump the fourth soul sense in with this but this is literally the vibes all right you you can you can you can feel something every bit as clearly and detailed as you can see it intuitively all right uh you can feel the vibration of yellow you can feel the vibration of anger it's just literally it's a it it almost people who are very strong in this feeling don't they pick up other people's stuff and they don't even realize it and they start out great in the day and then by the end you know by noon of the end of the day they're dragging because they picked up all this other stuff through their feeling you know it's sort of like braille you know so that's that's soul feeling lumped into soul feeling or clairsentience is a distinct channel it's the fastest soul sense it's called soul awareness comes as a knowing you just know something just falls into your head you know it don't know how you know it, don't care how you know it, you just know it.
1: Is that what we call a hunch, that gut feeling?
2: Well, a gut feeling, it can be a gut feeling, but a gut feeling can literally be a feeling, you know, through that feeling. But yes, a hunch can fall through that knowing, or a hunch can be a vision. I mean, in other words, we, we kind of mix all this up because we're not real clear what we're talking about. And when you talk about things like remote viewing or psychokinesis or all the stuff that paranormal researchers talk about, they're really talking about what you're doing with these soul senses more than how the information is coming to you. And there's a very clear distinction because you know remote viewing implies that you're using clairvoyance to see at a distance, but you can use your feeling and stretch out and feel what's happening and never get an image at all, and yet you'll still... Be aware of what's going on. Interesting. So people use these, all right? They they just use them all the time. In fact, I you know uh, last Friday I was just talking to a guy. And I'm trying to work with him on some strange sort of paranormal paranormal stuff that's happening around his house. And he's he's really high in feeling and he's really high in soul understanding. You know, he's he's a feeling clairaudient person mm-hmm. or clairaudient feeler. And all his life he's gotten these feelings. And he has just simply, he's confessed, look, I just, I put it away, I ignore it, I i just don't pay any attention to it. Um, and we're taught from the time we're kids that this isn't quote-unquote real, all right? But energy is as real as matter. It just isn't perceivable to the physical senses.
1: So because it's not perceivable to the physical senses, we poo-poo it.
2: We poo-poo it instead of becoming... More respectful of it because we've all had those hunches, we've all had those gut feelings, we've all had those visions or dreams, we've all done it, and then we second guess ourselves.
1: But then let and me, I'll, let me, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting you, uh, Candace, but let me ask you this we, we talk about religion, we talk about gods, we talk about deities, and yet these are energies that we have accepted. Why can't we accept other energies then?
2: I think it's fear and lack of understanding. All right, um, We have accepted ways to talk about God mm-hmm. and accepted ways to talk about religion, but it's really about a vocabulary and just stepping back and saying, oh, this is part of who—I'm a spiritual being. Even though I'm a material being, right. I'm also a spiritual being. There's no difference. And again, people who insist on that separation, that, that we're material and that's bad and spiritual is good and they can't meet, mm-hmm. sort of like Newtonian physics, separated matter and energy, that's an old way of thinking. It's a fear-based way of thinking. Um, and it's, it's pretty, shall we say, breathtaking to think that you might have some of the same abilities as that which created you. After all, we are create- created in our creator's image. That's,
1: that's right. So why does this surprise people?
2: I think it because, again, um, we've heavily judged against our intuition. Um, we've heavily judged against our creativity. But anybody who does anything creative knows that as soon as you get on that path, as soon as you open up to it, you're going to go right straight to God or whatever you want to call that because you can't help it. You're exploring your spiritual creative side.
1: Candace, stand by. You and I have to take our commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Very interesting topic with a very interesting lady. Candace Talmudge is our special guest, XO Nation. www.greenstoneofhealing.com. And uh, www.sunan.com, that's S-U-N-A-N.com. Candace and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the X-Zone continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email X-Zone at x TV.com On MSN Messenger, WW, uh, let me see www.exzoneradiotv at hotmail.com and our website www.xzoneradiotv.com and also tv.com. that's xzoneradiotv.com at xzone.tv.com. don't go away
0: we all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in this is your sign to thank them and if you're that friend this is us saying, thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price.
1: Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's
2: mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family.
1: dot radio tv com when I first saw you
2: I saw love and the first time you touched me
1: Candice Talmadge is our special guest this hour explanation, www.greenstoneofhealing.com and www.sunan.com. We've been talking about energy, the paranormal, but let me ask you this, uh, Candice. What is the connection between the paranormal and spiritual?
2: Well, in In some ways, I see them as very much the same. i mean, mm-hmm. if you if you look at all the all the things in in religious traditions that you know visits um, um, visions, yes. uh, um, visits from angels, uh, voices from God. Those are, those are all the things that that you know we we think we're too modern to believe in, and we ascribe to the paranormal, and which basically is another way of saying I have no uh, logical way to explain this, so I'll just lump it into this category called paranormal. Um, but if you expand your definition of what normal, what is normal, then the paranormal doesn't isn't so paranormal anymore. It's just an expanded realization that the spiritual and emotional part of us perceives a a far greater reality than our conscious rational mind um, allows for. And it's not not that one is better than the other, Mm -hmm. it's about using both for what each was meant to, to be used for.
1: So once again it goes back to what we were saying in the last half hour where it's our inability or the, not our inability, but our denial to accept these energies.
2: Right, and again, um, they seem very strange to the logical part of our being, the, the you know, the conscious mind that focuses very well here in material reality. But we, we seem to have this unstated um, assumption that if it isn't logical, then it's not um, valid. And the reality is that there are things that are logical and rational mm-hmm. and very useful, But there's also a side of our being that is emotional and spiritual. It's intuitive. It's not rational. It's not logical. But it is as valid as the logical side. We keep mixing it up and trying to use the logical to explore the non-logical, which is in itself highly illogical, don't you think?
1: I agree with you.
2: All right. So that's probably one of the issues that hampers traditional, quote-unquote, Paranormal research is they keep adapting the rules of science and logic trying to explore and explain events and phenomena and occurrences and feelings and perceptions that really don't belong in the logical, rational category. But if you start using your soul senses with, with direction and guidance and purpose, mm-hmm. you can explore and find out what it means to you, because again, this side of self is subjective. It, it lives in feelings. The, the, the concept of time, as our conscious mind understands it, is doesn't work. It isn't, doesn't hold. But that doesn't mean it's invalid. It just means it's a different reality, a different way of perceiving, knowing, understanding. And there are there is a place for both. All right. I'm not denigrating one at the expense of the other. I'm asking, why can't we use both? I mean we use two feet to walk. And if you try to use one foot to walk, you become very unstable. We're trying to live there there are people who are trying to live only out of the emotional and spiritual part of their being and that we call them space cadets. All right? Yeah. But at the other hand, we can't live exclusively out of the mental and physical, what we can see with our physical senses side of ourselves, because there's more to us than that. We're not that limited.
0: Hmm.
1: So, so let me ask you this then. What happens to us when we die? And is there a connection between what happens to us when we die and when we are born?
2: Well, I believe, based on my working with my clients, my own personal experiences, and the souls that I've interacted with, that the only thing that really dies is the physical body. Mm -hmm. Our soul energy leaves the body, it withdraws from, because it surrounds the body. That's called the aura. There's an energy field that surrounds the body. When that energy field departs, the physical body dies. But that's all that dies. We are still we still have our we even still have our logic all right we have our self awareness we have our spiritual energy we have our emotions our memories because all the physical body is like the hardware the software is everything else all right and when the software goes away the hardware doesn't really do much anymore it deteriorates but that doesn't mean that the programming is gone It means that the programming simply isn't focused around a physical body. So we're still self-aware. We still know we are we and we still have our memories. But we're simply focused into a different non-physical reality. And that's the reality from which we choose to come back to a physical lifetime. Because the physical lifetime offers five more senses. It offers some challenges that we want as souls to address. We're curious. You can't possibly learn everything that Earth has to offer to you in one life. That would be impossible. So we go again, and we're curious, and we want to grow, and we want to explore. And we come back also out of a sense of duty, all right? Sometimes we come back thinking we'll try to make things better. We made mistakes. We want to rectify those mistakes if we can. So we come back again.
1: How many times do we come back?
2: Well, I believe that there is no preordained path that says you have to do this many incarnations. I believe we have free will. I believe that we choose freely or not, or under some sort of you know, um, obligation, mm-hmm. which we may, I think, be a misunderstanding. So we choose when and where we come back if we're, if we're smart when we die we listen to the friends that we've had around us that we maybe have not paid attention to us to our entire lifetime those are our guides or angels because they will help us understand what we didn't get during that lifetime and help us be in a better space to choose more wisely because really death and birth are transitions but there are many transitions of physical life just the same that are just the same like getting a new job or moving to a new location or getting married or divorced. Mm -hmm. Those are also transitions. And I I hope that in in coming to grasp this emotionally and spiritually, some of the sheer terror that death poses will be alleviated.
1: Okay, which brings me to a a very, very upfront question. If all this does happen and we really don't die, why do people fear death?
2: Because again, they do not they do not it's an uncertainty, it's a transition. Um, and we you know that, that thing about vibration I yes. talked about mm-hmm. at the start of the hour, Our feelings vibrate, and there is that which in our, within our consciousness called judgment, specifically judgment against self. If we were perfectly healthy, And free we we would vibrate without restriction but we have self-judgment stuck in the magnetic portion of our consciousness that emotional portion they hamper the vibration and they set up a false sense of insecurity alienation and isolation and that creates fear because fear is when you don't feel a connection fear is when you feel isolated fear is when you feel helpless that's not your true reality as a soul, but, that, but whatever you feel will be the reality that you experience. So when those self-judgments are hampering your native vibration, if you will, then you get fear, and you start fearing what you don't understand or know about. And that's death. I mean, we don't get yeah. it. So, so that's one reason I do the Healing Circle and have participated in them. It really helps people feel. And experience the reality that we just move on to a different space when the physical body dies. That doesn't mean I'm running out to go die. Sure, I in fact, understand. It's, that. It, it, it's just the opposite. It makes me celebrate what I've got now in this lifetime and know there's more to come. Relax, enjoy where you are because you're not going to end.
1: What happens before we 're born into our physical bodies
2: well, I don't believe that we just go well, sometimes we do it's very ill advised um, but if we're if we're smart, if we're paying attention, we say, you know i'd like to have a physical lifetime again, but i want i have I want a purpose for this lifetime, and purpose is very general it can be to be a healer, it can be to spread love, it can be to to nurture it can be to teach. That there are a whole raft of purposes that you can have when you decide that's going to be my purpose for this lifetime. Um, I want to um, teach about love. And with that choice of purpose, you will get souls who don't want to be physical at that time, but they would like to be with you on your journey through life and help you serve your purpose to teach about love. And those souls are your guides slash angels. And you will choose them, and then they, if you pay attention to them and are wise, they will help you choose the parents and situation best suited to help you fulfill your purpose. And then you will you will attach your energy to that embryo, and there will be conception and a pregnancy and a birth.
1: So That's nothing is nothing is left by left to chance. This is all pre preplanned.
2: It's not pre-planned in the sense that there's a, 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 a. It's not written in spelling. You can unchoose to do it. Um, many miscarriages, many stillbirths, um, many times when children are born with with deformities that don't allow them to live. It's it's the soul changing its mind and saying this situation is not for me all right? And they leave. Crib death is definitely an example of where souls go, oops, you know, they have second thoughts, and they vacate the body. And this, of course, causes all sorts of agony and recrimination for the parents. It
1: certainly does.
2: And if we could could take a spiritual perspective, that's one thing the healing circle is designed to do, and it's designed to do it beautifully. It will help parents-to-be communicate with their unborn child, and say, what's your purpose, how can I help you, what what do you need from me, and to feel that child's love. And it's also really, really good in situations where there has been a stillbirth, or there has been a miscarriage, or the child has had a crib death. Um, it really helps alleviate the anguish and the guilt and recrimination mm-hmm. to be able to feel that soul saying, look, it's not your fault, I'm sorry, I changed my mind, you know, forgive me, It's it, you're okay. That's something very much that grieving parents could use. And that's why I'm writing a book about the healing circle, because I want people to be able to, to do this for themselves and for others.
1: What changes have you seen during the healing circle? Can you share some of them with us?
2: Well, what happens during a healing circle is it's really designed to help people who are in physical bodies Deal with souls and awarenesses that simply don't have them, whether they're called dead right. or not yet born. And it's just a circle of people, four to eight, who come together. They send love, and they do. They take a few other steps, and they they go into a very protected, loving space, and they invite the soul to come forth and speak with the person who needs the resolution. I have I've seen surprises. I you invariably, you know, people tear up. All right. It's just it's in, tears are a natural response to a, a strong emotional vibration, whether it's joy or sorrow or anything else. Um, you can't help but be moved when you feel that soul energy explain things or the soul says, hi, mom and dad, um, I love you, I chose you, I, I, mm-hmm. I, this is what I want to do for my life, um, and here's what I need from you um, to help me on my way. And, and you get to realize that, you know, uh, the kids are, as souls, the kids are just as old as their parents. <laughs> so it, 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 it takes it out of the clean slate. You, yeah. you understand that souls come in with their own issues, their own wisdom, their own challenges, their purposes, and you as parents are stewards of this soul until the body grows up enough and, and it matures enough to, to handle its own life.
1: Fascinating topic. Great guest. Please stand by, Candace. You and I have to take our final break. Candace Talmadge is our special guest, ExoNation. For more information on what Candace and I are talking about this hour, two websites, www.greenstoneofhealing.com. That's www.greenstoneofhealing.com. And www.sunan.com. That's www.sunan.com. Candice Talmadge and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the X-Zone continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Candace Talmadge is our special guest and uh, Talmadge, first of all i uh, I'm sorry Candace uh, thanks very much for joining us at this hour It's great talking to you as always. I was wondering if you can tell me can anyone provide convincing proof for the validity of paranormal phenomenon or even paranormal events?
2: I think there are people trying to in in the in the traditional scientific sense they're they're setting up research they're doing they're doing research with mediums and they're you know putting their machines to try to see if those machines will register any paranormal events like um, you know the voices, that, that the disembodied voices that sometimes get recorded. Here's the limitation of it. The scientific method truly is not set up to prove anything. It is set up to disprove a theory or a hypothesis. You set up a hypothesis, you set up an experiment, and if the experiment um, does not disprove your hypothesis, then it still stands until some other experiment comes along and knocks it down. In other words, it's a very, very conservative mm-hmm. approach to examining the world. And that's why scientists are, are always, always hedge their words. They have to because they know that their method doesn't prove anything. You know, it's like Einstein said, no amount of experiments can prove me right, but one experiment can prove me wrong.
1: So they they have to walk that fine line.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And that's that's where we come to objectivity, so-called, versus subjectivity. And what, of course, the latest research in, in quantum physics is finding out is that the universe is not objective. It is very much subjective. And the problem becomes... Only when we take our subjective experiences, because that's really the only way we can experience the so-called paranormal, is what goes on in our lives, what kind of things have happened in our lives. As long as we know that this applies to to me alone, and we don't try to push it off and tell people that has to be your reality too, Mm -hmm. then that subjectivity is perfectly valid. The problem becomes when we push off our subjective beliefs on others and want to try the, to have them conform to our beliefs or experiences. That's, that can be a real danger. Um, now, the scientific method was designed partly to alleviate this, to try to get around it and keep people from doing it, but unfortunately people are people and they can even abuse the method. Um, and that has happened you know, in, through, with regularity mm-hmm. throughout the history of science. So you have to remember nothing is scientifically proven. It can only be scientifically invalidated. And that can give us a perspective. And and I personally tell people, you know, science can't explain your feelings for you. You have got to find your way to come to terms and be at peace with your experience of the world. Science can be helpful in it, but it can't do everything for you. At some point, you're going to have to look to your own experience, look to your own intuition, and find your own answers.
1: Candace, we've run out of time for tonight. First of all, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. It's always great talking to you. I love the way you think and how you present your side of the story. Thanks very much for sharing with us. Continued success. Exo Nation, Candice has been our guest to this hour. www.greenstoneofhealing.com and www.sunan.com. That's S-U-N-A-N.com. I'll be back on the other side of this six min- and uh, at six and a half minutes past, I should say, the next hour as the exome continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.